At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, warmer from Evo! Welcome to Love Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Beast of Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast for us. We're going to be joined in segment number two by one of the gentlemen of the three man weave, Kai McKee, and he does absolutely tremendous work over there. Now he does some work over at Action Network, was a part of the Almanac as well, and we're going to be chatting with him about how he handles these smaller slates, because we're going to have a small one on Thursday, we're going to have a small one on Friday, and how he utilizes that to handicap forward a little bit more to these Saturday games. We're going to get a little bit of a stock-up, stock-down report with him as well on some of the teams that he's feeling a little bit more bullish slash bearish on from the start of the season. Take a little bit of a look at the Big Ten as well as two of the most prevalent teams that are going to be playing on Thursday or actually from the great state of Wisconsin with Wisconsin and Marquette. So get a little bit of a temperature check on those two teams. And then in the final segment, going to get you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Thursday as we hit some bank shots. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really did not get in any of those Twitter slash X questions today, though I do know that we did see on uh, Wednesday, some pretty big breaking news that it seems as though all these guys that they were two-time transfers, they were being denied their waivers, they're going to be pushed through immediately, and that is something that you do want to be taking note of, like Andre Corbello over at Southern Miss, I know that Joe Bejmili should now be good to go for VCU, guys like this, so do be mindful of that, and when we do encounter those sorts of players on the podcast, I certainly will be taking a look at them, I will be including them in the handicap, and I'll be making sure 
sure that these guys are actually going to be out there on the floor as well because I'm sure that there might be one or two of those guys that might be dealing with like an academic issue. They might be dealing with an injury, things along those lines, but take a little bit of caution when evaluating these guys as well. They're going to be going up against a bunch of players that now have 8 to 10 games under their belt. Well, these guys have a big giant whopping zero games under their belt. So that is always something to be mindful of, but it's certainly something that is going to be included in my handicapping moving forward. And something that I always do is take a look back at what we saw the previous day in college basketball and try to learn from it. So let's try to find some trends, try to get to know these teams a little bit better and see what we all got on the college basketball front from Wednesday. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Now, since the Greg Peterson experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network is from midnight to 3 Eastern. That'd be 9 to midnight Pacific time. I do have to record this a little bit in advance, so we don't quite yet know the final score of UNLV versus Creighton, though. Tell you right now, if Creighton covered this number, boy, oh boy, that would be wild because Creighton down at the half, 36-28 to 28 against UNLV with this Creighton team. They're a very slow-tempo team, so when they go cold, they really go cold. They went 8-29 of 29 in the first half against UNLV, and for UNLV, how about this young man, Dedrin Thomas? He puts in there 14 points in the first half, absolutely tremendous showing from UNLV. So we shall see what we get there. And, well, there might not be a lot of drama in the BYU-Denver game with BYU up 45-25 to at the half. And certainly we're going to get to Chicago State in a second. How remarkable was that? But we did hit the Deacon Network write-up pick. At the time of the write-up, the total was between about 147 to 148. I know that this thing got steamed a high noon late night, but we got there on the opening slash overnight total, 87-62, to 62, the final as... Auburn, they were able to win this game very convincingly for UNC Asheville, by the way. If you did take the late total, man, they did not help you out at the free throw line. 9 of 18 at the charity stripe as Drew Pember was the only guy that could put in points for UNC Asheville, which part for the course for this team, 23 points. Goes straight of 6 from 3-point range, but for Auburn, offense very much on point as for Auburn, it's not like they had a bunch of double-digit scores or anything like that. Trey Donaldson had 15, Chad Baker Mazzara had 11, everyone else had 9 points or fewer, just a a whole lot of balance in this game for Auburn. They go just 721 from three point range, but only seven turnovers in this game. So, very spirited effort there. Southern Miss, they fall to McNeese by a count of 67 to 48. And you saw the team go without Andre Carbello in this one. You got to wonder how things are going to look once he does come into the fold because this was sloppy for Southern Miss. 19 of 68 from the floor, 7 to 25 from three, while DJ turned it up Richards. How about 6 of 11 from three point range? And all of a sudden, McNeese has become one of your most profitable teams in all of college basketball. Will Wade, he's had some issues off the court to say the least, but you know what? When it comes to everything between the lines on the court, I mean, he's been terrific. I believe that they are now 7-1 and one against the spread, so they continue to cash tickets. The team that's not cashing tickets right now, UW-Milwaukee. They are still stuck on one win, I believe, as they lose a long way by a count of 80-67. to 67. They fail to cover the spread, so... UW-Milwaukee still stuck on two covers this far this year. I believe they might have been able to sneak in there for a third cover, depending upon closing numbers. But, man, it has been a rough go of it for our good friends over at UW-Milwaukee. As for Longwood, they were able to go 31 of 60 from the floor. And for UW-Milwaukee, they're still dealing with B.J. Freeman. 
their top scorer being out of the fold. And by the way, for UNC Asheville, with their non-cover against Auburn, they're now 1-6-1 against the spread. It's one of the lesser marks out there in college basketball this far this season. And we did see a lot of high totals go over. Marshall versus Toledo. That was a closing total about 163.5. Goes over. Toledo, they're able to rally late. They get the outright win. They do not get the cover, but they do get the outright win by a count of 88-87. to 87. As for Marshall, they're actually down 10 points with two minutes remaining. It was looking like they weren't going to be able to cover the summer. Marshall, nice bonsai charge with Obiana Onchele Killian being able to contribute 25 points. For Marshall, they go 13 of 33 from three, but for Toledo, they went 9 of 20 from distance with Raheem Moss chipping in their 16 points and Tether Cochran, 33 points, 8 boards. So that was a pretty monstrous performance. UTSA versus Little Rock had an opening total of 165, closes 159.5. Money moved the wrong way, 93-84. to 84. Little Rock able to get the win as this was a little bit of a foul fest. Little Rock goes 26 of 30 at the free throw line, and they shoot 9 of 18 from three-par range. Little Rock expecting one of the Mitchell brothers from Arkansas from a season ago to be able to be eligible pretty soon for this team as well as Jameer Chaplin was able to put in their 22 big points in the meantime, so they were able to get it done. Been a little bit of a rough year for Dartmouth, but they get a win and cover against Boston U, 63 to 56. And Boston U, this has been a team that I'm just not very bullish on, to say the least. Lost a lot from a season ago. They are now, I believe, 3 and 7 against the spread. And for Dartmouth, you do want to be donating two of their better players, Duskan Niskovic, along with Brandon Mitchell Day. Did not play in this game, second straight game, in which both of those gentlemen miss as they're currently dealing with injuries. And for Florida National, right now they're dealing with just stinking up the joint as they got completely romped in this game by kind of 94 to 60 against Florida Atlantic. And you had the under in this game, 91 points in the second half. Was very much trending under this close anywhere between about 153 and a half to 154 and a half. As for Florida National, they do go. 11 of 31 from three-point range, but for Florida Atlantic, 11 of 22 from distance with John L. Davis being able to contribute 16 points. And then if you had the early day delight incarnate word, they were not a delight for you, but Rice sure was. Go Owls, 80 to 57. Rice able to get it done as for this Rice Bunch, Travis Evie, who's been having a rough start to the season, 29 big points. He was able to bust out of his rut, so that was absolutely tremendous. And now we have to touch upon it. I'm doing this just as this game is going final. Chicago State. They become the second independent in, I believe now, the last 15 years to knock off a ranked opponent. Last time we saw it was when NJIT was able to go to Michigan, and they got that win about a decade ago. 75-71, to 71, Chicago State pulls it off outright as right around about 23.5 to 24-point underdogs. Wesley Cardit, 30 points. He did have six turnovers in this game, but... For Northwestern, they lose this game, actually 75-73. to 73. Check that. Going 8 of 17 from three-point range. Boo Booey did his part with 23 points. But Northwestern, one of the best teams at taking care of the ball in all of college basketball. Forced into 14 turnovers, so Chicago State played even up there. Chicago State was able to grab two more rebounds than Northwestern. And Northwestern, 13 of 20 at the free throw line. 19 of 22 at the charity stripe for Chicago State. And a Chicago State team that was a skid mark on the underpants of college basketball just like three years ago. Jared Gillian. I mean, someone should give this man like a badge of honor for what he's done. Chicago State only about 5-7-1 and seven and one against the spread this far this season. But man, I mean, talk about a 
turnaround from a team that was just oh so sorry a few years ago. Just a massive win for them and looks like Liberty is going to be able to take care of business against Tennessee State not knowing if this is going to be a cover or not as we are currently doing this with about five minutes remaining in the game and Liberty up by kind of 65 to 47 and this was by the way very much a nip and duck game early on in the second half and Liberty has just went on a big giant run to put a lot of distance between they and Tennessee State and if you're looking at the trends of college basketball right now what has been a trend is well how about a whole bunch of overs as we're seeing that in the NBA as well for any of you any NBA betters my goodness we have been seeing a lot of that but as far as the season the over sitting at about a 51.2 percent clip in college basketball with a few games pending from Wednesday 803 overs to 764 unders few pushes along the way and overall the season home underdogs now 181 176 and six against the spread so hitting about 50.7% while favorites have a little bit of an edge hitting at about 50.3% thus far this season. But if you look at the last seven days in college basketball, we've been seeing a few more unders. 96 unders to one or two overs along the way. We've gotten, I believe, four pushes in there. And then home underdogs, just 24 and 23 against the spread. It's been a relatively dry slate while favorites, they've been having a tough time with it. Underdogs over the last seven days, 104, 95, and three against the spread. So that's what we're seeing in college basketball right now. And that's what we all got on one now, let's talk with our good friend Kai McKean about a few teams that he stock up, stock down on. We're also going to be chatting with them about how he takes a look at these smaller slates of games like we're going to get for Thursday and Friday and perhaps handicap forward to Saturday and just some of the things that he looks for in his mid to late December handicapping. That's up next right here on Cubs Go Suits with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now a part of the Beaches Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast of Family and Podcast. And it is always great to be joined by this man as Guy McCann. He is one third of the three man weave. He does an absolutely excellent job taking a look at this great game of basketball that we all know and love. And uh, he's based out there in the great state of Illinois doing some work over at the field of 68 along with the three man weave. I know that last year we saw the three man weave do a ton with Action Network as well. And I believe that they're doing quite a bit this year as well. And you're able to follow Ty on Twitter slash X at his first name, the letters K and Y, then an underscore, and then the number three, then MW all together. And then for the three man weave, that's at the number three MW underscore CB. And Kai, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining me, Kai. And Kai, I'm sure that you've noticed as well as I have that we've got a relatively thin slate of games until Saturday. It's not going to be too rambunctious as we're doing this. We're getting set for a relatively small Wednesday slate. So my question to you is with regards to just things being all over the place in terms of the disbursement of games being quite uneven in college basketball, do you take days like Thursday and Friday where there's smaller cards and really allocate some of that time to preparing for what is going to be a pretty monstrous Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I think you need to look ahead a little bit uh, to Saturday. Yeah, because Thursday, what, seven games, Friday, eight or nine games. Kind of sucks the way they do these schedulings, but... Obviously, there's finals going on for a lot of these schools, so kind of makes sense. When there's small states like this, I like to look ahead. Also, as I'm sure you probably noticed, the market tends to get hammered, we'll say, <laughs> the night before when there's such small slates. It's kind of tough to pick and choose who you really want. Those games tend to get hit a little bit harder with higher focus. 
Oh, they certainly can, and I do think that that's so well said as well because there's such a focus on these games. If you catch a number that you like on the opener, you probably want to bet that right away because it's not going to be flying under the radar as compared to, say, like, a Radford versus insert your favorite school here game when there's like 90 plus games on the card. So I do think that that's very well said and something that has been unique this college basketball season as well. And we've seen this with most teams. There have been a few exceptions like Arizona, just every single game. They have been incredibly dominant, but I've just noticed this season that darn near every college basketball team has had some sort of an outlier through their first seven, eight, nine, or 10 games. And I do think that I found myself doing this a little bit more this year where you've got these outlier performances where a team gets super hot or where a team gets super cold. And I try to press cut out the best result, cut out the worst result and look at everything in between. Have you taken a little bit of approach to this in the past slash this year? Because I find myself doing it a little bit more with the way that variance has been this season. Yeah, it does seem a little bit higher this year, but yeah, in general, I think that's one of the most important things, at least in the past, in order to handicap games was not overreacting to just one result, right? Try to kind of stay the course and get a bigger sample size, unless you are not too confident in your preseason opinion. If you're not sure on a team and you see a couple of good efforts, don't be afraid to raise them in your power ratings or vice versa. But yeah, there's definitely something to be said about not overreacting. This season does seem... The highs are higher, the lows are lower for teams, uh, so it's a little bit trickier. That probably has to do with you know the lack of continuity across the board, for the most part, with the transfer portal and all of that. So it's tough, but as much as you can, just don't try to overreact. Yeah, but I think that that's so well said, and it's something that I've found more of this year. I think I'm echoing a lot of your sentiments just because in the past, you would always have outlier performances. It doesn't matter who the team is, what the year is, but feels like they've just been popping up more and more as Kai McKeon. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the three-man weave. He is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And are there some things that you do take a look at this time of year now that a lot of these teams have played, like I said, in the neighborhood of eight to ten games that you try to look for and you try to find perhaps some positivity slash some negativity because I do find myself this time of year looking a little bit more at these teams that have allowed like say a sub-25% three-point shooting effort time and time again with their opponents or if they're shooting like 40 plus percent from three-point range I look for them to come back down a little bit more do you dive into some of those things and look for positive slash negative regression this time of year yeah I think that's a good thing to look at for sure shooting regression you know focusing on things that seem to be luck so to speak which basically is three-point shot making there are certain teams one in particular Houston that for whatever reason year after year they're just good at three-point percentage defense, and that's probably because Calvin Sampson's an incredible coach, and they really harp on their defensive end. But most teams across the country, for a general standpoint, they should have around average in terms of three-point percentage allowed. So if you see a team getting scorched from deep, Eastern Kentucky, for instance, they're allowing 46% from three-point range, yet they are, I think, top three in the country in three-point attempt rate defense. That's a type of an example where I would expect shooting regression to happen, teams start to miss against them. Yep, I'm right there with you, and it is something certainly to take a look at, and obviously taking a look at the competition as well, I think it's so important as well, because I do think that with regards to a lot of these results, they're just not equal in general, and part of them do have to come back to a little bit of our priors coming into the season. I don't think that they should be completely abandoned, but it is that time of year where 
we are going to be finding some interesting teams that have lost two games, like a Marquette who's going to be in action on Thursday. I would still put them in higher regard than St. Ole Miss, who they enter into this week undefeated. We shall see if they're able to keep that going. And I do think that that's one of the hardest things to balance. I'm not sure how you take a look at just this time of year in general in terms of some of the things that are hardest for you. But for me, I do think that one of the most difficult things is taking a look at a team like Marquette with two losses versus your undefeated team has been playing a little bit of a cupcake schedule and trying to quantify, all right, what's real, what's fake. Yeah, assessing strength of schedule is key. And luckily, you know, looking at ATS records, we can kind of get a good gauge of that, cover margins, because theoretically all else equal, the spread is sort of the great equalizer and helps us with strength of schedule. Your point about teams playing good recently um, and, and not wanting to abandon your priors is a big kind of balancing act, which is kind of tough sometimes to determine how much weight you give current form, aka the last couple games a team has played, versus the sample as a whole. I think this tends to flip-flop every year or so. I know two years ago, current form was king. Preseason ratings didn't really matter. If a team was hot, team was hot. You know, team was cold, team was cold. And then it sort of flipped back. So it's hard. It's one of the hardest things to do in, in college basketball handicapping, I think. But, you know, strength of schedule is a good way to look at it. And trying to really assess these results is another way. There's no question about it. It's something that I struggle with. I know that there's just so many people out there that have a tough time with it. So anyone listening, if you're having a tough time with it, have no fear because many of us do. As Kai McKean, who does absolutely tremendous work over at the three-man weave, is joining me on Coast to Coast Soups. And Kai, we're through about five and a half weeks in this college basketball season. And certainly there are teams that we got right. There are teams that we got wrong coming into the season that there's a little bit of indifference. And in terms of teams that you have warmed up on, teams that have just impressed you in general, are there a few in general that come to mind as of right now in terms of teams that you've had to upgrade in terms of your power rankings from the beginning part of the season? Yeah, well, BYU is probably the obvious one across the country. They got up to as high as sixth in Kimpom and, you know, their strength of schedule wasn't fantastic, but they just kept blowing teams out, and you have to give them credit for it. They've just been covering left and right. You know, a team in a, kind of a similar vein who was already pretty hot there to begin with is Arizona. They're kind of reminding me of UConn from last year, just a team that can do no wrong, that just blows everybody out, handles power competition with, with little sweat. That's certainly a team I've upgraded. There's several examples across the board. How about the A-10 as a whole? <laughs> a lot better this season. It's sort of coming back up on the upswing after one of its worst seasons in history. Those are probably a few. Yep, no question about it. BYU is a team that really does catch my eye, and we're going to be doing this podcast for Thursday, and certainly something that is going to be coming to the forefront is the teams from the great state of Wisconsin. Ironically enough, both the ranked teams are going to be going down on Thursday, our teams from Wisconsin in Marquette and Wisconsin, and if Wisconsin has a tough time against Jacksonville State, I think we're going to need to downgrade them a little bit, vice versa for Marquette if they have a tough time against St. Thomas as well. But I think that these are two very interesting teams because we were talking about trying to gauge some of these teams that have taken a few early season losses. But where do you stand in terms of those two Wisconsin teams in the Badgers and Marquette? Because we saw them match up a few weeks ago, and I do think that these are going to be two teams to look out for moving forward, especially a Marquette bunch that I've actually upgraded them a little bit despite the two losses because I've liked what I've seen on the defensive side of things. Yeah, I like both teams. Marquette is just fantastic. They have very little weakness top 10 on offense and defense per Kimpom. And when you watch them, it's like, man, they pass the eye test for flying colors. They play so well as a team. They're so connected. They move the ball. Multiple guys can beat you, you know, just like last season. And Shaka Smart has done a great job building this program up to it. I don't mind they've lost two games. They, 
lost at Wisconsin, who I think is very good as well. Super old team, and they lost on a neutral floor to Purdue when Purdue shot the absolute lights out. So I think Marquette is a title contender, Final Four contender. I think Wisconsin could get there for a Final Four contender. Don't see them as a title contender, but they can definitely make some big noise, or excuse me, noise in the Big Ten. Probably my number two team behind Purdue there. Yep, I think that it's very obvious that Purdue, even though they took that loss to Northwestern, they're clearly the creme de la creme out there in the Big Ten, and that is one of the most difficult conferences to be able to gauge as well, because once we do this podcast, Northwestern is going to move to 8-1 and after their win over Chicago State, and I've had to upgrade them, and I feel like the Big Ten is right now one of the toughest conferences to be able to evaluate, because you've got so many teams that have been a hodgepodge right now, Purdue being that top team, but Right now, Michigan State has the worst record in the Big Ten, which I don't think that they're going to be finishing last by any stretch of the imagination when it's all said and done within the conference. But I take a look at that number two spot between Wisconsin, Illinois. I'm starting to give a little bit of love to Northwestern. And I do think that it's going to be really interesting to see how these teams outside of Purdue perform moving forward. Yeah, kind of a gross conference this year. Purdue's fantastic. I think Illinois, like you said, has looked great as well. I was super impressed with them in their last couple of games. The FAU game was probably their best effort ever. Wisconsin we talked about, but other than that, I'm not confident in any team. You mentioned Michigan State. I think they'll make the tournament. They'll be fine, but they have not looked good. They've kind of seemed like the exact same team we saw last year, which was a middling power conference team, you know, a 7 through 10 seed sort of team in the NCAA tournament. Outside of that, I'm not sure there's a guarantee for any other team right now to make the, the, the tournament. I like Ohio State a lot, I think that's probably my next team there, but I don't trust Indiana. Maryland's looked poor. Northwestern, you're right, has looked pretty good, but they're still Northwestern. You go down the line, it's kind of like, man, you can go either way in terms of them making the dance. Yeah, absolutely, and I do like what I'm seeing on Northwestern, but to your point as well, it is a bunch that we have seen them have their shortfalls after hot starts to the season as well. I go back a few seasons ago, I believe it was a 2020-2021 campaign where they got off to that amazing start, and then from there it just went all downhill. Penn State has a lot of question marks as well. And even a team like Michigan, they looked amazing in their first like four or so games of the season. And they currently sit here at five and five. So it has been topsy-turvy to say the least in the Big Ten. And it has been a conference that hasn't made a ton of sense. But what always makes sense is getting you on the show, Kai. You do absolutely incredible work over at the three-man weave. You, along with Jim and Matt, are doing absolutely incredible work taking a look at this great game that we all know and love. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you can find 3-Man Weave at 3MW underscore CBB. We have a YouTube channel, 3-Man Weave. You see our weekly best bet show, our weekly podcast there as well. Trying to build that channel up. Absolutely. Kai does an absolutely amazing job, and all three men over there at the three-man weave, they do such a good job taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. It's always a pleasure to get any of those three gentlemen aboard today. It was a great Kai that joined me. So big thanks to Kai McKeon for joining me on Coast to Coast Superstyle, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Thursday as we hit some big shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Soups with myself, Greg Ips Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It's always great to get Kai McKean aboard. He does amazing work over at the three-man weave. Take a look at this game that we all know and love. I know that he's dialed up out there in the uh, Midwest part of the country, doing an amazing job taking a look at all that we've gotten thus far this season, preparing for what is going to be a big Saturday as next few days. It's been a little bit grim with regards to finals, so we've had a little bit of a shorter card, but still, he's a man that does a great job of being able to find some value, does absolutely incredible work taking a look at this game, finding great angles, so he's always appreciated. Big thanks to Kai for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Thursday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash X feed at unit underscore 81. Pretty much this is going to be going in time order. The game involving Grambling State versus Drake and Louisiana Monroe and Lamar. Those are the two games at the bottom, but pretty much as far as I take a look, it's pretty much in time order. So that actually keeps things very easy. So let's get things started with 871-872 on the betting board. It is a Citadel in the road faceoff against the College of Charleston. Charleston is a favorite of 14 to 14 and a half points. So on this game, they're between 144 and 144 and a half. I did set my total out of 142.5. Looking at the under with Charleston, they started out the year very, very brutal from three-point range, and they're starting to pick it up. They're still outside the top 250 in terms of three-point shooting percentage, but you knew that they weren't going to be staying down forever. But this is also a Charleston team that over the last few years, they have been one of the better teams in all of college basketball. In terms of defense, currently, they're ranking 222nd in the country. In terms of points, a lot on a per-possession basis. I think that this is a direct result of playing a very difficult schedule. You play against Liberty, you play against Florida Atlantic, you play out there in South Carolina for that multi-team event, and that's going to cause those numbers to be going northward quite a bit. So I do think that we are going to be able to see some solid defense in this one, especially with the Citadel and the slowdown that they've had. You remember a few years ago, the Citadel was always that team that would play at a breakneck pace. They would run it and gun it under Duggar Bauckham. Well, now Ed Conroy is in the fold, and now the Citadel 
346th out of 362 D1 teams in terms of total possessions per game. It is a Citadel bunch. I think it's going to be able to do an okay job down low. You're bringing in Quentin Melora Brown. He was over at Vanderbilt as a starter the last few seasons. He's been able to log about nine rebounds per game, but I think that this is just too much versatility from Charleston. He had a little bit of a injury scare with Rain Smith a few games ago, but he returned in their last contest against Rhode Island. Was able to hit a bunch of threes. He's shooting 40% from distance. Charleston last year was more around a 33% three-point shooting team this year. They're only shooting about 30%. I fully expect that to go northward. And it's a Charleston offense that just has been able to find itself recently. For Charleston, they've gotten to at least 74 points and now each of their last five games. They have given up 72 or fewer in three of their last five as well. So it is a team that's coming around now for the Citadel. They come in in very impressive form, having given up 68 points or fewer in each of their last five games. But they played against a non-D1 team, NC Central, Campbell, Charleston Southern, and North Carolina A&T. So the biggest bumps in all of college basketball. We're just calling it what it is. Antti Berezovic, all the versatility that he gives Charleston, being able to log about six boards, seven and a half points per game. The fact that Charleston does such a good job taking care of the ball. They only turned it over about 11 and a half times per game, despite the fact that they are a little bit more up-tempo. I think he's going to take it out of a Citadel team that they are very top-heavy with their scoring in the backcourt as you've had Elijah Morgan couple with A.J. Smith be able to log in that neighborhood about 28 points per game. Both of these guys shooting north of 40% from three. You got one other guy on the roster averaging north of 1.7 points per game and shooting above 30% from three-point range, and I do think that even though the Citadel has been looking relatively impressive on defense recently, that it is a, a big component of just the competition that they're playing in general, and in the step-up game, I just don't think that the Citadel is going to be able to hold up. It's a my total of 142.5, so looking at the 144.5 under, and with Charleston, one lay up to 14 with them, made them a 14.5 point favorite. Now we have my DK Network right up, pick 873, 874 on the betting board. East Carolina and Florida do battle from RP Funding Center, that's out there in the state of Florida, but not in Gainesville as Florida between a 15 to a 15 and a half point favorite and your totals between 153 and a half and 154 and a half. Slim pickings on the board today but I did make my right up East Carolina. I was willing to take 13 or more with them and I tried to pick a game that I didn't think was going to move too much that if we did see late night line movement that I'd be off of this one so this one was a little bit trickier to do because we only had 7 games but that's up with East Carolina they've really been able to come along with their defense they have now given up 68 points or fewer in each of their last 3 games as this team has been quite ghastly on defense as far this season. They're 241st in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But in this three-game run, they're allowing 16.2 points fewer per 100 possessions than their first seven games of the season. And they played against some halfway decent competition. They play against UNC Wilmington. They play against South Carolina. Now, the game against Maryland Eastern Shore, not necessarily so much of a step-up game. But all in all, I like what I'm seeing on this East Carolina team. They should be able to do a solid job on the glass. And that is going to be key because with Florida, the way that they've been able to generate their offense, they're currently right around about 46th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis is via second chances. This is a Florida unit that is number five in the country in terms of percentage of missed shots that get pulled in as an offensive rebound at 40.9%. Micah Hangelotten has been a big reason why, giving you about six half points, six half boards per contest, was dealing with a little bit of an ailment, but... 
returned in that game against Richmond, 10 rebounds in 19 minutes, so he's all good to go there. You've got a Florida team that is a relatively average three-point shooting team, just below 33% from three-point range, and they don't take care of care of the ball as East Carolina does. East Carolina's really gotten a shot in the arm from Bobby Pettiford coming in. He's had 9.8 points and 3.7 assists per game after beginning his career as a top 150 recruit over at Kansas. He's had more than two turnovers in just one of the team's 10 games this year. East Carolina as a result, 65th in the country in terms of turnovers per possession. Meanwhile, Florida's clocking in 196th. They have been able to do a better job of taking care of the ball since Zion Poland came into the fold. He missed the first few games of the season, and he's been rock solid. 13 points, 4.5 assists per contest, but it is a Florida defense that they've had their issues as well. You do take a look at this Florida defense, and they've given up at least 76 points in three out of their last four games, so I do have my concerns there. I do think that with East Carolina, having Brandon Johnson back from illness with 8.5 rebounds per game, and you'll notice East Carolina doesn't have the world's greatest metrics because Johnson was dealing with a little bit of an illness during the middle part of the season to this point. I do think that that's big, and then you also have R.J. Felton, who's been a very good Swiss Army Knife guy, about two steals, 16 points per game, and as a matter of fact, each of your top three scores for East Carolina, Felton Johnson and Ezra Azar being able to all give you between 14.3 and 16.2 points per game. They all give you at least 5.8 rebounds per game. Combined between the three of them, 4.1 steals per game, and they all shoot at least 34.8% from three. I think that firepower will allow East Carolina to hold in this game, despite the fact that you've got someone like Tyree Samuel for Florida giving you 8.5 rebounds, and Walter Clayton being able to chip in there about four assists, 16 points per game. I do think that for East Carolina, a team that plays at a pretty slow tempo, that they're going to be able to hold in this game a little bit more as well. I did set my total at 152, and East Carolina outside the top 250 in terms of total possessions per game. So looking at the under and my write-up, that is going to be taking the points with East Carolina. Set them as a 12.5 point underdog. 875, 876 on the bang board. For a minute, it's a road face-off against Tulane. And Tulane is a 5.5 point favorite. Total is nice. I've seen all season long. 173 to 174. And I do think that a very high total is warranted. I set mine at a 171. I think we've gone just a possession or two too high. I am going to be taking a look at the under now. These two teams are playing very, very up-tempo. You've got a two-lane bunch that is in the top 10 in the country in terms of total possessions per game. You've got a Furman team that is playing more in the neighborhood, about 35th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And, well, with this Furman defense, it has not been terrific to say the least. 298th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. This two-lane team, they're certainly leaving something to be desired at 187th, but I do read a little bit into the fact that for Tulane, they have been giving up in the neighborhood about 22.6 points fewer per 100 possessions at home rather than on the road. For Furman, it is a little bit of a new-look team from a season ago. Last season, they had a bunch of upperclassmen that was able to lead them to the NCAA tournament. Now it's had to become the Marcus Foster show with about 20 points per contest, but for Marcus Foster, right now he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. He goes out early in that game against Princeton about two weeks ago. Has not been seen ever since then, so that takes a little bit out of the scoring pop. They should be getting for Furman, a Furman team that you know, should right around about 32.5% from three-point range, and Foster was one of their top rebounders. He's one of just two guys on the roster that's been able to give you north of 4.8 rebounds per game. The other is Tyrese Huey, who's been able to do a solid job logging about six rebounds per game. He's also shooting 46% from three-point range. Now, I will say for Furman in the two games that they have been playing without their star scorer in Foster, they scored a combined 183 points, but one of those games was a game that involved like a bunch of technical fouls and 
a lot of insanity against Arkansas. The other one was against Nandi one Bob Jones. And, well, it was very bold of Bob to go up against an entire pack of Furman Paladins by himself, but not great competition. Meanwhile, you've got a Tulane team. I think that they're going to get it through their skulls that they can't give up north of 100 points to Mississippi State. Kevin Cross has been very versatile. 18 points, 7 boards, 4 assists. He's able to shoot 46% from 3, but I think a little bit of regression is coming here. He has shot below 30% from 3 in each out of his first 4 years on campus, so I think that there is going to be some coolers there, though I do think that Jalen Forbes picks it up. Last season, he averaged 18.5 points, 5 boards, 2 seals per game, and shot 39% from 3. He's now shooting 25% from the outside on about 11 points per game. So I do expect a little bit of a rise up there for a Tulane team that overall they're only shooting about 29.5% from three-point range. That is something I think is very noteworthy, but I think part of it with Tulane is that they play at one of the most up-tempo paces in all of college basketball, yet they've only got really six and a half reliable scores. When you play that up-tempo, I think that you need a little bit more depth. I'm a little bit surprised that they aren't going to guys like a Jordan Wood for a few more minutes. Colin Holloway has been able to do a nice job with 14 points per game, but do have a few question marks there. They've gotten a little bit more out of Trey Williams as well, who's been able to log in that neighborhood about nine points per contest as well. But I do think that Furman is going to be upholding in there. They're not going to be decimated on glass. You've got J.P. Peaks, who's got an assist-to-turnover ratio that's right around three. And typically when you have clashing styles like this, typically you do find a little bit of the opposite. Now, for Furman, I don't think that this is going to be a team that's going to be looking to slow things down to like a Virginia-style crawl or anything like that. But I do think that this is going to be a game where you might be seeing one of these teams try a little bit of an opposite approach for even just a few minutes to be able to throw the other off guard. And when you have this high of a total, you really need to run good for the entirety of the game. And I just don't think we've got quite enough there. I set my total at 171, so I'm going to be diving in on the under. With Furman having the efficiency of peaks, I do think that they hold in there as well. So set to lane as a three-point favorite, take the points with Furman, and diving in on the under. 877, 878 on the main board. Jacksonville State gets started to face off against Wisconsin and the Badgers are badgering about being a 20-point favorite. And your total on this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between 125.5 and 126.5. And for Jacksonville State, this offense has been quite grody. They are currently in the bottom 70 in terms of total possessions per game of Wisconsin. They, too, our team has been playing quite slowly as well, but I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over. I did set my total at a 129. Is this a Wisconsin unit that has actually been quite efficient in terms of their offense? Wisconsin has been able to get to at least 70 points in each of their last four games, and they've gotten to at least 69 points in five straight for this Wisconsin unit. They've been held below 69 points in just two games thus far this season, so they've actually been able to do a pretty rock-solid job in terms of their offenses, despite the fact that they shoot 33.5% from three now. Stephen Carl is shooting 72.5% from three-point range. Certainly, there's going to be a little bit of coolage there, but I do think that Wisconsin is going to be able to do a nice job with he and Tyler Wall being able to combine for about 22.5 points, 13 boards. You've got good passing ability out of both of these guys, so it's really been Chucky Upburn who has done a nice job as a floor general. I think he's realized, yeah, he's not the feature scorer. That's A.J. Storr has been able to give you 14 points per game, and he shot 40% from three in St. John's. He's only shooting about 30% this year. I think that that'll be able to rise up. I do think that as well. John Blackwell is currently shooting north of 52% for three as a true freshman. You should be seeing that cool down just a little bit. But I know that there's talk that Connor Asesian 
Should be seeing a few more minutes as well. He's been dealing with a little bit of a back issue after he shot 36% from three with darn near 12 points per contest a season ago. So I do think that Wisconsin has the firepower to be able to take it to a Jacksonville State team that is currently in the top 100 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But I do think that they're going to have a little bit of a tough time down low. Juwan Purdue along with Marcellius Brigham Jr. These two guys have been able to log about 10.5 rebounds per game for this Jacksonville State team. The main form of their offense has been grabbing second chances. It's their top 50 team in the country in terms of percentage of missed shots that they do pull on as an offensive rebound and I do think that the offense is going to be a little bit more efficient than they are in most games and the biggest reason why is that for Jacksonville State make it main bugaboo that you've got the fact that they do turn the ball over about 13 and a half times for contest and they are going up against a Wisconsin unit that while they have given up 64 points or fewer in far their last five games I certainly think the 98 that they gave up to Arizona quite a bit of an outlier and just speaks how good Arizona is but Despite that, they're not a team that's really going to go out there and pickpocket too much, and that should allow Kai Kai Tandy to be able to operate a little bit more freely. He comes in from Xavier. He's been tremendous with about 17.5 points per game. You've got a Jacksonville State team that as a whole shaky with their three-point shooting, shooting about 29.5% from the outside, but I do think that they hold in there against a Wisconsin team that, while they win the battle down low, I don't think that they dominate the battle down low, and like I said, with the season being a little bit suspect, you've got Max Gleesman, who's right now shooting about 33% from three-point range. I don't think that it's going to be a comfortable win in a game that I think it's going to be slower tempo, but I do think that there's going to be enough efficient offense to be able to push this total over. I did set my total at a 129, so you're 126, 125 and a half looking at the over, and with Wisconsin set them as a 19 point favorite, so getting 20, going to be looking at those points with Jacksonville State to take a look at the over as well, and this is the last game on the normal Las Vegas betting board before you hit our two extra games, 879, 880, Marquette plays us to St. Thomas. St. Thomas is an underdog of 24 points, and your total is 138 and a half to 139 and a half. Did set my total at 138 and a half, so at the 139 and a half, I'm diving in on the under. St. Thomas, bottom 30 team in terms of total possessions per game, and Marquette has really slowed things down as well. They were playing quite up-tempo in the first few years under Shaka Smart. They're back below the top 160 in terms of total possessions per game, and for Marquette, this has been a much better defensive effort this year than we saw last year. Last year, they were a little bit of an all-or-nothing gamble for steal sort of team, and now they're doing a much better job in terms of their man-to-man defense. They're still doing a good job of being able to generate those turnovers, but Marquette, now number 42 in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Going up against the St. Thomas team that just because you're slow doesn't mean you're necessarily great on defense. That has been the case for them last few seasons, but they've really been better with their defense as well. They're up to about 107th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and actually allowing just about a tenth of a point fewer per one hundred possessions when they are on the road rather than when they are at home. So this team has actually been able to do a really nice job when they have been on the road. So I give a lot of credit where credit is due. They're actually a top 75 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis on the road. And for St. Thomas, it's been really this team being a whole is greater than the sum of its parts. One, to be able to prevail as you've got Parker Jorklin, who's been able to give you about 14 points, five boards per contest. And Raheem Anthony is the other guy on the roster that gives you north of four rebounds per game, 11 points, five rebounds per game. And for St. Thomas, them not being able to expose the main Achilles heel of Marquette in that they don't necessarily have a ton down low, I think it's going to be costly. With also Ogadero, give you 13 points, six boards. He's been absolutely tremendous on that front. And it's a willing 
playing passive for a big man. You got he along with three others for Marquette that are all giving you at least 2.3 assists per game. Cam Jones has been your main scorer with 16 points, shooting 44% from three, and Tyler Kolek. I just think that he's going to be able to cut through the St. Thomas defense with the way that he's able to impact the game in so many different facets. Only about two and a half turnovers per game while logging 15 and a half points, five and a half boards, five and a half assists, and he's done this while dealing with a little bit of injury, and it looks like he's getting stronger and stronger by the game. You've got a Marquette team that is willing to go right around about eight or nine deep, and for St. Thomas, I do question how they're going to be able to respond in a step-up game because St. Thomas comes in winners of four out of their last five, and they were all against Division One competition, but let's call it what it is. Teams like Western Michigan, Portland State, they just don't compare to what you're going to be going up against with this Marquette team that has been able to dominate lesser competition. We saw St. Thomas last season when they did have those step-up games against Creighton and Company. They did have a little bit of a tough time with them, and they really have not been challenged this year since that game against California. So I do have my issues there against the Marquette team. It has been much improved on defense, giving up 65 points or fewer in three out of their last four games while the offense has continued to stay efficient. So this is a spot where at a 1 I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under as St. Thomas, I believe, is much improved with their defense, but with the St. Thomas team, I just don't think that they're going to be able to generate a lot of offense against a Marquette defense that they themselves very much improved. So, looking at the under, set Marquette as a 26.5 point favorite, so willing to lay the number in. Now we get our two extra games. The normal betting board picks are complete, but there are some extra games today, so we go into the bonus. 306-601, 306-602, it is grambling, and they hit the road, they're facing off against Drake. The Drake finds its itself as a 22 to a 23 point favorite totals between 141 and a half and 143 boy oh boy what a difference a year makes for grambling last year this team was in the top 20 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis they were dominant and this year they are 357th out of 362 division one teams Clearly missing Kiatari Gordon and company has really affected the scrambling team. And as a result, I did set Drake as a 24-point favorite. I'm going to be one to lay the number because not only is Grambling ghastly with regards to their defense, also shooting 26.9% from three-point range. Each out of your top four scores are shooting 26.5% or worse from three-point range. Grambling's still able to generate a few steals with 7.7 per contest, but they're turning the ball over 13.8 times per game. Now, this is not going to be some wild up-and-down game or anything like that, Drake. About 233rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. This is a grambling bunch. That they're pretty slow and controlled as well at 259th. And I think that's going to result in grambling just not being able to find the bottom of the basket. You've got Jonathan Aku is the only guy on the roster that is registering north of 4.7 boards per contest. And he only gives you about 5 points per game as well in this team. Only has 2 guys on the team giving you north of 3.6 rebounds per game and only 3 guys that log north of 2.4 rebounds per game. That is a big issue when you go up against a Drake team that has Darnell Brody at 6'10", giving you about 7 boards per contest. Tucker DeVries, who at 6'7", is one of the most versatile players in the country. He does it all with 7 boards, 19.5 points, 3.5 assists, 1.8 steals on a mid-30 three-point shooting clip, while Drake only turns the ball over 9.2 times per game as well. Now, I would like to see a little bit more facilitation behind him, but it does feel like we're getting a little bit more of that. Connor Enright, Kobe Garland have been able to combine for about 5 assists per game. Neither of these guys are prolific scorers, so Enright with his just 6.6 points per game is shooting 48% from 3-point range, and Eaton Wright has been Mr. Wright. Coming in from CSUN, he's been able to give the team right in the neighborhood about 14 points per contest, so 
highly impactful there. I do think that with Drake, even though they run a little bit of a thinner rotation, they are going to be able to take it to a Grambling team that, quite frankly, they just have not been able to get it right all season. They're getting gashed on defense there, putting up no offense whatsoever for this Grambling team against Division One competition. They have yet to hold an opponent to fewer than 71 points as they have given up 75 plus in all but one game against Division One competition. And for this Grambling team, they've got one cover thus far this season as against D1 competition, they have broken the 67-point plateau once with their high watermark being 68 points. I think that Drake is able to take it out on Grambling. Drake has given up now 65 points or fewer in three of their last four games. So this is a spot where I'm willing to lay up to 23.5 with Drake and did semi total at a 140 just because I don't think that Grambling does their part with this total. So looking at the under and looking to lay the number of Drake and wrap things up with 30606 30604. It is Lamar and Lamar plays those to Louisiana Monroe. Monroe, a 2-2.5 two to point underdog. Totals between 143.5 and 144. So Lamar is a 3.5 point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay this small number with Lamar. I've been very impressed by the way that this team has just been a whole is greater than the sum of its parts approach. You've got so many different guys that do a nice job of being able to chip in rebounds for this team. Adam Hamilton, he has been your main guy down low with about 7.5 Boards, 10.5 points per game, but how about what you're able to get of Terry Anderson? 6 foot 6 combo player, 12 points, 5.5 boards, shooting only about 29 or so percent from three-point range, but you've got just a bedrath of scoring options when it comes to this LeVar bunch. Anderson is your top scorer at 11.8 points per game, but you've got seven different guys between 8.4 and 11.8 points per game. So these guys all work in concert with one another. You're able to couple that with the fact that out of your top seven scores, Five of them give you at least two assists per game. This is a very unselfish team. Now, it does lead to a little bit of volatility in terms of turnovers as well because you don't have that one main trigger, man. That just results in a few more turnovers, about 14 per contest. But they are dealing with a Louisiana Monroe team that they themselves had their issues with regards to the backcourt. You've had Tariq LaCour have to be a little bit of a do-it-all sort of player. He's been able to log for the team in the neighborhood about 10 points. Shoots about 35.5% from three. Three assists to about 1.6 turnovers per game. So he's been able to do a relatively we saw a job for a Louisiana Monroe team that they're just not providing them with a whole heck of a lot of support. In terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, 331st in the country. You don't have a ton down low with regards to Louisiana Monroe either, as you've right now got one guy who's been able to log for you north of five rebounds per game, and that'd be Jalen Bolden. He's at six foot four, able to give you about nine and a half points, six boards per contest, and for Monroe, they themselves turn the ball for 13 and a half times per game, despite the fact that they play at a pretty slower pace than Lamar. Lamar is a team that they're not necessarily going to go at warp speed or anything like that, but they certainly are willing to push the tempo. They're 35th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Meanwhile, you've got a Monroe team that's 332nd in the country, so when both of these teams have a similar amount of turnovers, it speaks a lot more to the inefficiency of Louisiana Monroe than anything else, and for Louisiana Monroe, you're hoping for a little bit more moving forward out of the foreign gentleman in Nika Mechas Varshili, hopefully I said that correctly, the six foot eight gentleman from Georgia named Nika, who's been able to give you about 10 points per contest, but after the first few years on campus, he was shooting about 35% from three, and it's down to about 22% from distance, and with Lamar just having so many switchable parts, with them having so many guys, they're able to bring up the ball, I do think that's going to take it out of a Louisiana Monroe team that they just don't have a lot of options in general in the backcourt, so I did set Lamar as a three and a half point favorite, I'm going to be one to lay this number, and did set my total at a 140 three and a half as I do think that things get bogged down a little bit more in terms of this tempo. I do think that Louisiana Monroe, because of, for one, their inefficiency, and two, just the way that they play in general, going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring game. So, take a look at the 144 under and willing to lay with Lamar and that'll wrap things up. 
for the Thursday edition of Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. A big thanks to Kai McKeon of the Three Man Weave for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this time podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letter ZM. You know, some matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. By the way, that is fine in Apple Podcasts review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like here on this podcast via that five star view. And coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.